0: of faith, and this morning I want to uh, entitle this message, The Thief of God's Greatest Blessings, doubt. doubt. You know, whenever doubt comes to you, just know that it's not from God. Put that down in your notes in big bold letters across the top. When doubt comes, it's not God. Don't answer the door. This morning we're going to focus on on a few examples of this in the New Testament. And we're going to to focus on these examples because we are just as susceptible to doubt as... um, as the disciples, and as the people that came to Jesus. Uh, you know, there, there are people that came to Jesus and He said, I've never seen such great faith, not even in Israel. You know, when the centurion came, uh, the centurion was a military man. He understood authority. You know, it's, he understood it, and he had made the correction in his mind, I'm under authority, and I have people under me, and when I say something, they jump. Those over me say something, I jump. It's It's in your thinking. And one of the ways to rectify that is by the Word. If you're not feeding on the Word, then doubt will be rampant. You don't want that? So, take take the God vaccine. Not Pfizer. God. God's vaccine is His Word. Matthew 14. We're going to start in verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained the disciples to get into, the, in, into a ship and go before Him. Go before Him. He's not going with them. Go before Him unto the other side while. He sent the multitude away. And when he had, had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the even was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in, in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch, Let's see, the fourth watch. What is that? Fourth watch is between 3, 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Uh, if, you've, if you've watched, uh, watched TV, you'll about ships, sailors, submarines, you know. Sailors are really superstitious. And this was the same thing with, with uh, the disciples. I got to thinking the other day, uh, Peter, James, let see, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew were all four sailors. They were, they were fishermen. Professional, professional fishermen and uh, so you've got 4 out of the 12 in the boat that are freaking out there was there was a uh, i heard this one time that there was there was um, a superstition that when you see a spirit walking on the water someone is going to die and so they saw him walking and they just, ooh. saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. <clears throat> Notice what he said, not one bit of invitation to come out here. One of us out here is enough. I'll get in the boat in just a minute. But Peter, you know, Peter. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now, you know, Peter gets a lot of criticism by Christians. He was, you know. But he was the only one that walked. He's the only one that crawled out of the boat and started walking. And he said, come. That's all he said. Come. And on that one word, when Peter, Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on one word. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw... Notice, notice the the. Uh, uh, no, look at it, there. There we have five senses. He saw on that one sensory sensory emotion uh, input. He saw when he saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid, but he was out on the water on one word. But when he saw, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Well, that's one thing about Peter. He didn't wait around. He jumped in and said, Come? All right, let's go. And then he, then when he started having a problem, he spoke up. Lord, help me. Save me. And immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, He's getting a rebuke out on the water. The Lord's holding him up. He's, he's, he's standing on a solid, solid water. Uh-huh. On the... Because the Lord's holding him. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets a rebuke. Oh thou of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they were coming into the ship, the wind ceased. We, uh, when we were in Israel, we, we got on a boat and went for cruise around the... They call it uh, they call it calls they call it here the sea but it's a lake just a really really big lake Sea of Galilee and uh, we asked asked the uh, tour guide about about this and he said that this this particular area is very prone to sudden storms there's a mountain on both sides and the the water come. The, the wind comes down, and so it can it can come up just in a matter of a moment. So you see what's going on here. In this story, Jesus sent his disciples out across across the water ahead of him, while he was up in the mountains praying. And in the fourth watch, the next you know the early morning hours. The disciples see Jesus coming, seeing him walk on the water. Now you stop and think about it. Uh, You know you're out on the water. You know that it's, it's deep in this area. And in the midst of the rain and the wind, you see somebody walking. Now you think, what would that do to your head? This is not this is not normal. Not usual for sure. And he's walking on the water. And thinking they were seeing a ghost a ghost they freak. Now, Jesus spoke to them and says, he said don't be afraid it's me. And you know Peter, he's very impetuous. He's the one with the big mouth. And uh he, he said, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to be loud enough for Jesus to hear him. We don't know how far Jesus was. But everybody in the boat heard him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's throwing a leg over the side of the boat to get out. And Jesus says, come. So... You know, Peter started out in faith. He was focused on what the Lord had said. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he did fine. Or let's say it this way, as long as he kept his attention on what Jesus said. One word. It's not so much the four-letter word, it's who said it. The authority behind it. But when he took his eyes off of off of Jesus, off of the word, and started looking at the circumstances around him, you know, he's walking along and I'm sure the wind's whooping on the water and he gets hit in the face with some water. What am I doing? You know. Whip, the wind is whipping up the water and, and he becomes afraid and starts to sink. Now, think about that. Starts. Starts. You step off the side of a pool and I want to see if you start to go down. Oh, you're gone. You're down on the bottom going, hi, you know. He says, Lord, save me. So you know he's up, up to his ankles and he's going down. Lord. So he calls quick. Peter took him by uh, the Lord. Lord took Peter by the hand, and, and he gets this rebuke on the way back. That's right. yep. A rebuke on the way back. Well, let's. Could we do this in the boat? Come on. <laughs> he says, "O thou of little faith." Now, what do we say about the word faith? Huh? Faith is is an action word. So, if it was, if it's an action word, and he says, "O thou of little." So he d- he must have stopped. Something got his attention. Water hit him in the face. Who knows what it was? and he sees what's going on around him, and he stops walking. Yeah. O thou of little action. Yeah. Why did you doubt? Let's say it this way. Why did you doubt what I said? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's uh, put it like this. If you're in prayer, you know there's things that happen in prayer that uh, nobody finds out about unless you open your mouth, and uh, you, you get a word in your spirit about something, and you start moving on it in prayer. Don't let go of what you're that that which you're moving towards. You know you got it in your heart, and you're moving towards it in prayer. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted because you'll let go and lose it. Stay focused on what what you got from the Lord. Okay. Stay focused on on it until you have the manifestation. That's free. I won't charge you for it. As long as, as Peter acted on what the Lord said to him, which apparently he was close enough When he stopped moving, that the Lord could reach out and grab him—two, three, four feet. When you get when you when you're moving on something that you got in prayer, you can be two or three, four feet from it and let go. That's too close to let go. It's stubborn. You understand what I mean stubborn? You stay focused on it. And don't let anybody dissuade you from... <clears throat> Jesus didn't intend for Peter to sink. He didn't call him out to come halfway and then, you know... Bloop. He intended for Peter to walk back to the boat with him. Peter was robbed by doubt. Doubt, listen, doubt and fear go hand in hand. But faith and love also go hand in hand. So in other words, don't take hands with doubt and fear. Dude, get away from me. I don't want you touching me. 1 John 4, 18 says, Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love says, The word I got will see me through, or to, whatever. Yeah. Perfect love will embrace that, saying, The Lord's not going to take me halfway and then just drop it. Perfect love says, Thank you, Lord. I'll walk with you. That's nice holding her hand. (laughs) Go over to Matthew 17. You know, um, nothing against you all, but uh when when listen when when we are with other ministers and we start sharing the word, iron sharpens iron." Yes. I got to talking with uh, Alvin Parker and with uh, Keith Rogan. We were talking about that. That New Testament Wade Wade New Testament and uh, oh boy that was good you know you get around other other people of of uh, like anointing and uh, it is it's good verse fourteen <coughs> Matthew seventeen verse fourteen. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, "Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is he is an epileptic." What does the King James say? A lunatic. Stop and think about it. lunatic and epileptic. King James says epileptic. New, no, I'm sorry. New King James, but lunatic. Think about how a person behaves. For he is he is uh, uh, epileptic, and suffers severely. Now well, this is his child. Can you imagine how that must tear at his heart? For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Can you imagine how this child looks? He's scarred probably from the the fire. So I brought him to your your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Now think about what they ask. So Jesus answered them, Because of your unbelief. Your un-non-belief. For assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, And I've been told mustard seeds are extremely small. I've never, never seen one, but... You will say to this mountain, if, if you have, have faith like a mustard seed, A, single, one, one seed, you will say to this mountain, Remove from here and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. Now, notice in this verse when Jesus explained... Uh, what, what was Jesus' explanation for the disciples' failure to heal this demon-possessed child? Because of their doubt or unbelief. He uses both of those words. But did the disciples actually have the power to cast the demon out. Matthew 10, verse 1. When he had called his disciples to him, somebody, uh, one of our pastors, said one time that uh, they had heard Brother Hagan make the statement they were operating, the 12 were operating under the anointing uh, of Jesus, under His, his authority, his, what was imparted to Him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds, listen, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. In in Luke nine one. It's the same same scenario, just in Luke. Look at the way Luke he, way he expresses it. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority yes. over all demons. I've heard people say, you know. Uh, they were talking about one particular kind of demon. They said, this is, the hardest, this is the hardest one to get out. You think about it. That's not what Jesus said. He gave them a f- power and authority over all. He didn't say, now boys... This one's going to be a little harder to get out. It's not what he said. I've given you divine authority and power. That was given to me. When was it given to him? Luke 4. When when the Holy Spirit came upon him, And the Holy Spirit came on him. Acts 10.38 How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. Healing. Notice he refers to uh, someone being delivered from a demon as Healing. So when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, when it came up on him, he turned to the disciples. say, so here, guys, take a bite of this. This is, this is good for you. That's just a joke. <clears throat> you know, we often hear uh, Christians, I often hear Christians saying, you know, I just need more power so I can do more for God. No, that's not that's not their problem at all. That's not their trouble. They have the Holy Spirit. They have to. Uh, they, if they have the Holy Spirit, they have the power. Don't wait for a feeling. Step out and do something. Hello? Anybody over there awake? It doesn't say anything about feeling. When you have a feeling, that's great. If you don't have a feeling, don't no sweat. You've got His Word. He said. You know, it, these people, they think they, 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 if they had more power, it would work automatically for them. You don't find that in the Bible. Nowhere. It works by faith. Remember? We are divorced from feelings. We are we're moving on the Word. We, we act on things of the Spirit by faith, uh-huh. yes. not by our feelings. Woo! Oh, oh, I feel it now. I, come here, let me put my hands on you. Yeah. Well, that's great. What if, what if the, the, the healing line stops here, and you ain't got no feeling all the way down for the rest of these people? What about them? Is God just going to say, well... Get here early tomorrow. No. It's not the way it works. Um, It is doubt that robs people of God's best. I just don't know if He'll give it to me. I just don't know if the Lord will answer this prayer. Well, what does He say in His Word? All of, the, all of the promises of God are maybe and on Tuesday. No, all of the promises of God are yea, yes, and amen, so be it. I grew up with, you know, yeah, God answers your prayers, uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no, sometimes maybe, and sometimes wait a while. How long am I going to have to wait? That's a, that is a slow, slow uh, robbery of doubt. You understand how I, why I say slow? Instead of, no, God says, just wait a while. Or He could say, no. You know, at the end of a while, He then He says no. You know, these are all religious games. How much faith does it take to cast a, de- a demon out? Hmm? Jesus said in the this, in this Scripture... Uh, that that faith no larger than a grain of mustard seed can move an entire mountain. Every every spirit-filled believer has within him enough power to claim God's very best for their life. You know, I remember hearing something. Uh, I I came back from... I was overseas for... uh, Four years in the service, and uh, you know i didn 't know what was going on spiritually speaking. The charismatic move was in full swing. I remember uh, one day we at, at church, this particular church I was at that i heard I heard the um, the youth minister and the associate pastor, they were talking to some of the teenagers. And they were talking about, um, oh, let's see, what was the name of that movie? Um, About Jesus. Hmm? No. Yeah. I think that was it. Jesus Christ Superstar. And oh, boy, they were just, they were death on it. And I heard them say something about tongues. Stay away from tongues. That's of the devil. You know, and I was not really paying attention. Because at that time, I just I wasn't, wasn't interested. And, but I remember them saying, saying these things. So when I came back, from uh, being in the service, uh, I had gotten filled with the Spirit. And I would hear people say, c- criticizing people uh, that were believing God for something. And the one that was believing, he said, I, I want everything God has for me. And That just kind of... I'd never heard anybody say something like that, but I thought... This sounds good to me. Yeah, exactly. I want everything God has for me. Well, who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. Okay, where did we stop? Mark 4? We started Mark 4. Okay, turn over to Mark 4. If you're living beneath beneath the privileges that God has for you, it's not because you lack power, but because of a failure to release that power through faith. You've already got it. Remember Jesus told the disciples, He said, you go and tarry in Jerusalem until... You be endued with power from on high. Don't go out, don't go out preaching until you are filled with the Spirit. Hello? Now Jesus is gone. Their example is gone. He left, gave them the last bit of instructions. He says, you do this before you leave. On the day of Pentecost, they were all filled. And you start reading through the book of Acts, miracles, healings, people being delivered, multitudes getting saved. People, Peter just walking by and his shadow fell on people and they were getting up healed. You know, remember, there was somebody that wanted to touch his, the hem of his garment. The hem. This is, this is the hem. The lowest part of the garment. And they were asking, you know, if you'll just let us touch, touch your clothes. That, that, that power flowed to them. They were acting... They were, they were recognizing who was walking by and they said, "Just if I can just touch, you don't even have to bend over, just let me touch the hem of your clothes. Yes. Yes. So they were putting a demand on the anointing. Yes. Yes. Okay, Mark 4, verse 35. <clears throat> on the same day, When even had come, he said to them, let us. Now before he sent them uh, alone by, by boat. Now he's getting in the boat with them. Let us pass over to the other side. Let me stop right here. He's talking to them. He's saying something. He's saying what he wants. And he's pooped. He's been busy all day long. He goes and lays down in the boat. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him alone in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling so that's some pretty big waves but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow so the the wind that was blowing water over into the boat didn't seem to affect him he was Worn out. He was tired. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now, here it comes. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I gave you the instructions. I told you what we wanted to do, what I wanted to do. So when I went to sleep, why didn't you pick it up and do it? They could have rebuked and just kept right on going. But they had to go and wake him up and he was tired. So, one evening after, after he had preached to the multitude, Jesus told, told the disciples that had gathered about him in the boat, let's pass over to the other side. Now, um, here's what I want you to see. Jesus said something. Mm -hmm. And they took his words like you are. Mm -hmm. Oh. That's what he wants to do. He wants to go over Mm there. But his words carried authority. His words carried enough authority... That they could have stopped the wind. Yes. How do you treat words? Yes. How do you treat your words? Yes. Charles Cap said, "You know, it, when they when he first he and his wife first started hearing." about uh, confession. They made each other accountable to the other. And they were determined they weren't going to say things that they would not release their faith in. A lot of people don't want to be held to accountability. I came to Lydia one time, I was getting trash in my email, I mean garbage, and I didn't want her one day to get into the email and open it up and say, what in the world is going on I wanted her to know what was happening because I didn't, you know, your name gets on some clown's list and they start sending you garbage. And I didn't, I wanted her to know what was happening. So we share our email. And uh, I wanted to be accountable. Now, some of you men will freak when you hear this. Uh, I'll see her once in a while. She's got my phone and she's going through it. Who have you been talking to? (laughs) Actually, it's just because I want to video. Well, she's going through them, and she's opening up everything and looking. why should i be why should I be concerned if I haven't been doing something wrong? so anyway he said he said that they once in a while. She would catch him saying something, and it was no big deal but what he said. He said, well, you know, one of these days I'll probably lock the keys in the car, so I, wanna, I want to put a key somewhere else that I can get to it in case. She said, okay, I'll agree with you on that. And he, he said, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I repent he didn't want that to happen, you know, a a key being, and and have to call a locksmith. So he said one day he was going into town, and uh, he had a big wad of keys. Um, No, not like me. I'm, I'm getting rid of more and more keys as it goes. A kid's Used to call me. Look at you! you your keys look like a janitor's. <laughs> anyway, he was going somewhere, and he grabbed a handful of papers to go into the lawyer. And <clears throat> he got out of the car and closed the door, and the keys were in the car. So anyway, they they would they would. Uh, he was submitted to her. She was submitted to him. Yeah. And they would catch each other, you know, if saying things that you don't really want. Right. Yeah. So, we jump ahead 20 years. Yeah. And he said, now it's to the point where uh, I have to be careful about what I say. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Jerry Savelle say one time, he flew into uh, Charles's... He had a, has an airstrip on the farm. He flew in, got out, and Charles came to pick him up, and, and he was looking at the crops. And he says, Charles, where's all your crops? He just had... I think he just had one. One was growing, cotton or something. And Charles says, well, that's what I wanted. And he says, with Charles... He doesn't say much. He doesn't say much. If you want, if you want the power, you can't be a runner you can't, your mouth can't be running off on you all the time. So Jesus said, "Let us pass over unto the other side." That's what, that was the end result. That's what he wanted. We're going to do this. And when they came and woke him up, he rebuked them. Because they could have stopped that. His disciples were anything but peaceful. The wind was, was filling up the boat. The disciples came and woke him up. Don't you even care? That we're about to sink and we are all die? Really, is that what you want? They had forgotten the words that Jesus told them when they started on the journey. He got up and did the rebuking. He turned to His disciples and rebuke them. You say, well, I don't he's rebuking a lot. Don't you want correction? Yes. Yes. I wanna I want to be corrected so I can move forward spiritually. He rebuked them. Why did you doubt me? Why are you so full of fear? Where's your faith? You didn't rebuke it. What's the deal? Didn't I tell you at the very outset of our journey that we were going to cross to the other side? Why don't you believe me? The disciples had allowed fear and doubt to come into their hearts and drive out the faith in Jesus' promises that He'd make that they would make it to the other safely I want to close with this I I want us to look at at similarities in these three Bible illustrations in each one Jesus rebuked the disciples for their unbelief unbelief non-believing if they had believed they would have acted Right. In each one, he solved the problem that that, that the disciples through thought, uh, through their lack of faith had failed to solve. In all three instances, the disciples possessed the power to handle the circumstance, but they didn't. Can you imagine after Jesus left when a problem came up and they had been in that boat or in any of these situations? This is what happened when when Jesus was with us. Each one, and each one the, the, the thief of doubt kept them from receiving. God's bless His highest and best was for them to receive through their faith. You know, a lot of people don't do anything because they're afraid of failure well when will you stop being afraid of failure and act yes. Yes. you know there's there were times that i was afraid i you know just be honest i would be afraid about of not doing because of failure but one day it dawned on me, if I don't start doing, you don't have to do with a lot of people around. You can do when you're alone and see the results. I I realize this sounds very irreligious, but I'm going to say it anyway. Practice your faith. Yes. Yes. Practice. Yes. Teresa came to me one time and she was sharing a testimony. She had pigeons yes. on, the, what was it, the garage? Yes. On, the, on your roof. On your roof. And, uh, you know, they're nasty and noisy. Yeah. And she went out and ribbed Thought she, I, I think it was when we were teaching on authority one time, she went out and rebuked them and commanded them to leave. And you know how pigeons are—they'll—they'll they'll take off, they'll run around, and they'll come right back. They didn't this time. Where'd they go next door? The, the pigeons went next. To, they never came back. You know, you you see the results, you don't need an audience for them to see it. She was practicing. Pick on the pigeons. It's all stand Somebody, uh, uh, someone that was was well known for their healing ministry. They had to uh, go go in for surgery. He had he had highly developed his faith uh, to get other people healed and and saw miracles, healings, and miracles just. But you know, you you need. That's that's one. That's one side. But you know, there's other sides of it that we need to be developed in. I was listening to something yesterday, and they said, you know, uh, you can have faith and see results here because your faith is built up. But you know, you need to have faith built up on this other side as well. And there's times that that you uh, have little things and you think, well, you know, it's just a little thing, I can do something. Use your faith even in the little things and you can grow it. But you know, you can go uh, six months down the road and your faith may not be where it was back when you were here. You've got to keep feeding it. Keep feeding it. Keep exercising it. The just shall live by occasional faith. the time Amen Father we thank you this morning for your word we thank you for how the word challenges us to step up we need to step up across the board using our faith and we come and we thank you that you're in us we can put more of your word in us that we might grow. We need to stretch stretch ourselves and we thank you Father. Thank you for the help of the ministry ministry of the Holy Spirit this week teaching us helping us to grow and we give you alone the glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn and greet someone around you. And you are dismissed.